Hey, this is your Aunties Could Never, a podcast where you get to hear from your favourite aunties who have all the real talk with our thoughts on what's going on in the world. We'll be reminiscing about what it was like back in our day, and most importantly, we'll be helping you sort out your daily dilemmas with advice only your coolest auntie will give. I'm Auntie AK, and I'm here with... Auntie Farah. Auntie Nana. And Auntie Shade. So I guess our um, person of the week collectively we've all agreed that it's uh, definitely going to be dedicated to Chadwick Boseman who unfortunately passed over the weekend um, after four years suffering with um, colon cancer. I, I, I attribute him being uncle, <laughs> an esteemed uncle that we all probably have watched films and been inspired by him. I don't know how you guys felt. I mean it's obvious how you guys felt but I don't know if you guys wanted to say any words on the news. You know what really struck me, I just loved reading the various tributes from people that knew him and that he was still kind of like reaching out to them. So especially Ryan's rundown of their interactions just showed amazing, amazing strength. And I was in bits and I, again, don't really cry for too many celebs, but there's something about him. I really liked his character on and off screen, his integrity as a human very very special man and again just reaffirmed the legacy really building that into your your life that you leave a mark behind and you do more with your time kind of reaffirmed that for me well I think that everything else that's happened since has been like a very very welcome distraction for me I found it very upsetting to be honest like I literally couldn't stop crying I was thinking why am I you know so affected by this because I'm a massive Marvel fan anyway do you know what I mean like I know he's been in other films but his role as Black Panther was the most meaningful to me I think it's not even just the role but how he kind of like spoke about what he was doing and and what that role meant to people and then having the information now that he was suffering at the time like it's just like what a strong person like what a Mm. person full of like determination and focus and you know resilience kind of thing that going through such a traumatic thing but still pushing himself and still producing such great work that will probably last a lifetime do you know what I mean and like I just thought it was just so inspiring admirable just so impressive and just like such a loss because of that level of talent do you know what I mean like yeah it was just a lot for me it was actually really a lot for me I'm thinking I don't know it just hit me harder than a lot of these celebs that have passed recently to be honest because he just had so much integrity with it. And I think just the fact that, you know, like Denzel and um, Alicia Rashad, is it? And they helped put him through school, a bunch of kids through school. And it's just like, like, look at that. That is the epitome of legacy and supporting the community and pushing people forward. And had he not maybe had that, maybe he wouldn't have even been able to be where he was and stuff. And it's just like, it's just so impactful. And this myth that is constantly told that we don't help each other and we don't push each other forward it's just it's just kind of dispelled in that kind of like one moment I'm just glad that his work will be immortalized you know what I mean and yeah. his contribution will be immortalized and I think the symbolism of the role that he was playing it's a lot and I know it's not I don't know it kind of feels silly but it means something to have that kind of representation it just does yeah. and it's it's such a it's such a powerful thing and I think in the current climate it is a massive loss. What was beautiful for me is just, as Auntie Nana said, 
all the tributes that everyone came out. And he always seemed, in, in, in every interview I ever saw him in, as a very genuine, humble, appreciative, powerful, beautiful, all the good things that you could say about a black man. He just seemed like that to me. I read a bit that Angela Bassett wrote of when they went to the premiere and she said that he just whispered in her ear, you came to Howard and I was the one that um, had to escort you. And look at this, look where we are. And she didn't even remember that. And just like you said about Denzel and, ha- and how him and Felicia Rashad paid for the, his fees and how he made sure that he was appreciative and let Denzel know this is what you did for me. And, you know, it just seemed that he was very humble. Every speech that you look at his now over the last four years, every interview, you just know that he was giving us a message. Um, he yeah. was just telling people to... One of the last things that he tweeted to one of his friends, I can't remember his name, the guy that plays uh, the snowman in Frozen, he, he um, mm. messaged him and he said to him, it's raining, but go outside and smell the rain and soak it in and, and appreciate it. And, you know, he just wanted the people around him to appreciate every single moment that they lived. I saw another interview where he was talking about in Black Panther, there's two kids that look up to his ship. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. said those two kids actually were, were suffering from terminal cancer. Mm. And he talked about how much that affected him and how strong they were and how they were just trying to make it through to see the film. And he just seemed, as I said, I can't say it enough, he just seemed like a genuine, genuine, beautiful man. He left us a legacy, most definitely. Not just from Black Panther, which was an amazing feat in itself because it did so well, not as a black film, just as a film. And it meant so much to us culturally. I read another thing where he, I think it was Ryan Googler's thing where he said that he learned the native language in like on the set. And it just goes to show that this person was so dedicated to his craft and his representation of us. It was just amazing. And cancer fucking sucks. That's all I can say. It made me quite emotional because I've lost a couple of people myself to cancer this year. And I've lost a few people in my family. And cancer just fucking sucks. And it's just, when are they going to actually fucking find a cure for this shit? I'm sick and tired of seeing people that I love just being wasted by this horrible, horrible disease. I'm just like sick to the core of it. And it just makes me very sad and very emotional but also it just shows me how strong people can be as well in those final moments. He was very strong. He was a very strong man. He didn't want anyone to have sympathy for him. And he was more about let's cherish the moment. And my cousin was a bit like that. My cousin that passed in April, he was a bit like that. So it kind of, it made me remember him as well. So I think everyone's problems and issues, you know, you can't juxtapose them against, oh, someone's dying. So then your issues are smaller. And in seeing him, being able to persevere through something like that, it does make everything else that you take for granted seem insignificant. And also how you find strength to keep carrying on when things aren't going well for you. Because I mean, how, you know, the fact that he was able to do all that work in amongst chemo and surgery is testament to a very deep character, (laughs) to someone whose uh, integrity is something that, I mean, I could only aspire to be like. I took solace from his speech at Howard and just that perseverance and conviction in what you believe in. And I feel that's what we need, especially as people like us who are told no and held back from so many things. And we question whether we should speak up, we question if we should go forward in what we believe in, or we'll take that other role or that job or that thing, or do that thing to compromise what we actually believe in. Because we, we have no faith in the fact that this society that we're in will uphold us and take us forward. The fact that he was 
like, no, he stood in his conviction about the choices that he made, even to hold, not tell anybody about what he was going through and not seek that kind of comfort from outsiders, just kept it very personal and he protected everybody around him from what he was going through. That's a strength of character. I mean, as they say, the ancestors did this around us. So just hopefully in his work, we'll feel him all around us. And so they'll say from aunties celebrating Uncle Chadwick and um, thank you for your work. Has anyone said anything in the comments at all? Has anyone has reflected um, on Chadwick? Yeah, so Acosia says, um, so sad. Nicholas says, I feel you, Auntie Shade. It hit me really hard too. It shows how powerful integrity has on our humanity. Acosia also says, I hear you, sisters. Layla Cook says, um, sending love to you wonderful aunties. Thanks for sharing. Thank you, everybody. Okay, let's move on to the headlines. Because as the world turns, so <laughs> does the craziness of what we go through. So, so Obama had uh, secret talks with some NBA players, and basically it's being reported through an anonymous source. So all allegedly, I'm saying it here, allegedly <laughs> this source is out there, um, said that Obama is the person that convinced the players to continue with the playoffs so um hearing this i had my thoughts on it but i really wanted to know from you guys do you trust obama to encourage or participate in black discussions to use his influence to wield the black agenda do we trust him He's a politician at the end of the day. Like, obviously, he's a right man, whatever, whatever. Like, he had eight years in office. People don't feel, and I think they have a point that enough was done to push the black agenda. But at the same time, he was blocked at every single turn. Like, when he was trying to make things um, happen, he was continuously, continuously, continuously blocked um, for no good reason. Um, so I think his hands are tied, but he is a politician. I don't know if I believe these secret talks. It sounds like a Republican plant story. That's what it sounds like. Oh. Do you know what I mean? That's, it's, it sounds like, oh, you know, you think this guy's on your side, he's not even on your side, he's against you. And just to create separation within, you know, the black community, I, I wouldn't really take that story in as a thing. I believe that as much as the report the other day that I saw by a Republican um, journalist that Michelle Obama is actually transgender. <laughs> and that she has a very Wrong big people. penis. <laughs> yeah, so there's, there's a guy um, in America, I, can't, I forget his name right now, I can't bother to look for it. But he basically said that Michelle Obama is a transgender. He's been saying this for a while. He said she's got a big penis. He's highlighted pictures where she's grabbing hold of her penis. He said that Barack Obama called her Michael. It's the same man that has basically said that Barack Obama is taking his time to go and tell ball players, you should go play ball. Forget taking the knee, go play some ball. I think it's just conspiracy theory. I think it's just the Republicans reaching just to put any old crap out there right now. That's what I think. They're distracting from the fact that Donald Trump is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> we 
don't need to say allegedly. We believe that wholeheartedly. When I look into this, I saw this and I saw that they were leading with the whole headlines of LeBron first. And actually it was Chris Paul who pulled the meeting together. And there was a meeting of a gathering of basketball players to talk about what they were going to do. Because actually, when you go back into the story, um, they posted it as LeBron kind of led the, led the strike. And people are debating whether it's a boycott or a strike. And the strike is actually when you stop working. A boycott is when you... What's the word? Oh, sorry, I shouldn't even start because I've forgotten the analogy. I know what both mean. But you know what I mean? It's boycott and strike, but it's not a boycott. It's a strike, actually, because they're stopping work. Um, they're not they're not boycotting something. They're not, not going... You know what I mean, anyway. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, but anyway, my whole point is that this meeting was... They, they, not all of them... Apparently, LeBron wasn't happy because the strike that was called wasn't a conversation that they all had and a decision was made and, and everyone agreed upon it. So some of them started to say, we're not doing this and we're not doing that. So obviously in solidarity, the rest of them had to kind of follow suit. So that's when they decided to call a conversation and then Chris Paul called Obama to, for counsel. Um, and on the back of that, it was then reported that Obama advised that he commended them for what they did and then said, look guys, you maybe you should possibly go back. So apparently he said, so this is where that it gets a bit messy because on different reports, I think it's left and right reports say that Obama is either Obama was the one who suggested it or it's exact. It's what the basketball players wanted to do. And they're kind of lose, using Obama as a scapegoat. So it depends on what who's interpreting what from what came out of those conversations. So the conversations did happen as far as I can see from both left and right reporting. And um, in regards to trusting Obama, I think as Shade, Auntie Shade said, he is a politician. I think he's a politician before he's a black man. And unfortunately he was sold as a black man before a politician. And so when he first came into office, we got caught up by him. I think he was blocked a lot, but I don't know how strong his black agenda is. Cause we don't, even though he's, he had all the conviction in the world as a Senator, I think once you go through those doors of the white house, it's a different kettle of fish. And I don't know if his intentions were not were had he and I don't know if he had a great big agenda for black people before he went in and then came out and had it all torn to shreds or he knew what he had to do he knew what he could get away with and what he couldn't get away with and just went in as at least a beacon of hope for black people I don't think he's as sinister as we think but he is a politician and there's only so much you can do or allowed to do I think but that's why I would like I would hate for Michelle Obama to become a politician because I think all this love and how we hold her dear, I think might just get stripped away if she went through the White House doors. Um, so I don't know about trusting Obama completely. I'm just not sure. I think, um, I, I would love to know what he could have done if the House supported him and then see what his agenda was. Cause I wasn't really clear on his black agenda. I felt like I was more clear on all the other things that he had to get through. And he got a lot of, a lot of other things through. And there's lots of, not, there's lots of non-conversation about, stuff done under his name like the wars and the bombings and all those kind of things the negative stuff we don't get to hear about those quite clearly unless it's from the right mm. and so it's hard to judge clearly but actually there were some things done under Obama's name that might possibly be inexcusable and we wouldn't let Trump get away with that or any other Republican um, politician get um, sorry president get away with so I'm a bit like that when it comes to Obama kind of yeah yeah for me, I just feel like um, I feel like he's held in such high esteem without proven works. Mm. And so in um, reading the stories, I was a bit more like I, I, I think it's commendable to be striking. And there's probably other people to seek counsel from 
in this regards, in terms of civil rights, I think um, there's other people that are really on the front line fighting at this moment. And again, this is all headlines and maybe their counsel was sought, but like, you know, somebody like Angela Rye or um, is her name Tamika? Tamika Maori. Yeah, yeah. Just mm -hmm. like, I just feel like there's other people to discuss things with. Um, and it's not just that they're only women, but I do keep on noting in these moments, it's like men are the ones to go to, to speak to, but it seems like really like the real front line, there's a lot of women. And in these big high profile talks, are they seeking the counsel of women? Um, and I think that's a, that, I think that needs to be highlighted. Um, going back to just popped into my head, ancient times, like that was the role of the women mm. is, is actually like, we are the keepers of wisdom. And sometimes, and men are there to, you have the keepers of wisdom and then you have also action based and that was, that's a masculine role. So when you're going to action based people, when you need wisdom, you end up in, in predicaments that we are in, in the, at this moment, because it's not, you're not leading with wisdom, you're just going on action and you go in circles that way. So it just made me think like, is he the person to be talking to aside from his politician self, but actually has he shown us any wisdom in anything he's done? Like really, I don't, I, I can't see what he's, what he's done for humanity other than provide black representation. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. I, I mean, I, I think I'm he's just... done more. Sorry, yeah, I think he's done more than that. Yeah. I mean, Obama care for starters. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that that is like the the number one that he, you know, very strongly attempted to get free healthcare for all Americans. Do you know what I mean? And he was shut down, and the only thing he could get was what he got. Do you know what I mean? So like, you know. That's like, that's, that's, it's just so powerful. And every, every, like you can, you can kind of tell like his impact for the fact of like everything that Obama has done, Trump is trying to undo, right? So his um, position on um, immigration, he's trying to undo that. Um, healthcare, he's trying to undo that. Police reform, trying to undo that. Every single, every single layer, he's trying to undo the good that he's done. And I, I, I think it's kind of unfair, like, um, you know, to Peyton out as this, you know, total stooge. You know, he, he, I think he, I think he tried in what is a very, very difficult role and he done his best in terms of what he could do and still have integrity will still have some integrity because I, I do believe that you're right his track record on um Antina, um ak his track record on like um foreign affairs is is poor do you know what i mean um and you know he you know he could have done better there but i do i i think i think he i honestly do think that he he tried um and he's not just yeah, I, yeah, but I do think <laughs> I get what you're saying, but no, nah, he, he deserves more credit than that. But I do think I do agree with you on in terms of like I would have liked, and maybe this is me just not doing my own research, but I would have been interested to hear what um, Jamel um, Hill had to say about it and what her approach would be. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
but I was actually um, on an online conference the other day called BossCon um, and uh, Tamika Maori did speak at that conference and she was talking about not just kind of touching that a little bit but like um, she, she just talked about the state of affairs in America and what and in her opinion she's like things need to get a lot worse before you have that you know, universal solidarity that everybody's going to be on board at the same time. And I think she's right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think like as, as bad as it is, it's not, it's not bad enough for people to actually, everyone to have a consensus. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not at the point of, you know, bus strikes. We're not at that point yet. You know, people are still, if it weren't for the pandemic, people would just be going on with their everyday lives. Let's be frank. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, it's only because, you know, there's, there's the, the attentions there, which is great, but people are not acting in a kind of like universal we're working together to this one goal, but we are on that path. That's where I think we are. But whether I think Obama is important because he holds weight and he holds weight, not just to black people, but people who are not black. Do you know what I mean? People do listen to him. He's still popular. So I think even if you were to use him as a tool to send a message, I think that that is a powerful thing still. Auntie Farah, do you have anything to say? (laughs) I was just going to say, wow, like, what did you say, Auntie Nella? Like, what's he done for the human race? Damn! I don't think he's done much for humanity other than Like, that's it. I mean, the thing is, the thing is that we've got to remember, we all have to remember this. You can be the president, you can be the prime minister, you can be whoever you are. And unless you are part of a dictatorship, you will never, ever, a blatant dictatorship, let's say, you will never, ever, ever have the final say in anything that goes down. It has to go through anyone else who is in that House of Commons, in that House of Parliament, in the House of wherever the hell it is. They have to go through those procedures. So Obama could have wanted to promote the black agenda until the cows came home. However, you've got to remember that he has a lot of other Americans who were not black that he also had to fit in for them too. So he can't, you can't expect him. And this is the thing about us. We expected him to come in and save the black race in eight years. And it's not possible. If you think about how long things have been fucked for, and the centuries, things have been fucked. One man ain't going to change shit in eight years. He ain't going to change all that stuff in eight years. It's never, ever, ever going to happen. It isn't. I think, I think he did what he could. Yes, he could have done more, but I think his hands were tied. I think he has done a lot for humanity because before now, who would have thought you would have seen a black man in the White House anyway? And he, that's all he did. And but that's, 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 I was going to say, say that's no point. I think he's but done that's, more than that. But I think he's done more than that. And like Auntie, like Auntie Sade said, um, Obamacare, that was, that was something for humanity. There's people, I've been in America and I've been ill in America and I'm able to get healthcare. And I've had to sit down in like the dingiest of places and wait for someone to come and see me when I was sick. I had to go through that. It's not like here when you rock up to the A&E and they help you out and it's all cool. It's not the same over there. There are people who do, who cannot, if you haven't got insurance, can't get no healthcare. That's wrong. So him trying to fix that is doing something for humanity. That's what I got to say about that. I just think that um, I'm in the middle of this. I think, I definitely think there's a bit of poster child for Black Hope. And I think we did place a lot on his shoulders, but I also, now all the lights and glitz have gone 
and we're in this Trump madness, um, I want, I, I'd like to reflect back on Obama's agenda for the black agenda, what he thought he could do, what he said he would do and what he actually ach achieved. I, he was blocked in every, every step of the way. But I, I do think that there's an element of not being able to hold him accountable to stuff because of the fact that, yes, he was proven to, he was blocked. And yes, there was a lot to do in eight years that he wouldn't have been able to do. But then, I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, there's, when I'm reading more and more things about things done under his name, I'm a bit like, oh, okay. I'm being a bit more objective because I, I drank his, I, you know, we all, I'm not even gonna say it's just me, all of us, you know, loved Obama and the whole thing and having a black man in the White House. I'm not even impressed by having a black man in the White House because that isn't it for me. It's more about what was he able to do. And I do think he was up against a lot. And I don't, I didn't, I don't think people expect him necessarily to change everything, but even implement some things. Apart from Obamacare, there was a few things that we thought, okay, maybe just for black folks, just a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But again, it's back to the thing he was, that's why I said, I wish we could go back to before. Rewind time have a house, a house full of Democrats and seeing what would have worked. Because all this is hindsight and speculation. We just don't know what would have got done if he had given, been given the freedom to do what he set out to do, if that's what he set out to do. Um, so trust, I'm not sure about, I think you're right in regards to the uh, NBA ballers calling on the wrong person to advise on what to do next, possibly. I think polit politicians and the women that you guys mentioned would have made possibly better sense. And it seems a bit like Obama was called in and it is men being a bit ignorant to let's call in the most popular black man that we can to talk about this for show when actually maybe you guys just wanted to go back to work. Cause it seems like actually in all of this, LeBron has always wanted to play ball. He hasn't wanted to strike. The story, I think before when it came out, there was something about him saying, a story that I was gonna deal with and we didn't talk about it. Again, before he didn't want to strike. It's like he wanted to play ball. When, they, when all the players are like saying, we're not going to play ball again for now, COVID lockdown, all this type of stuff. LeBron was like, let's do it. He'll do it to an empty, or, um, empty court. So I don't know. And then I like LeBron too. So I'm not saying anything about him. I'm just saying that it's interesting. Yeah. But was it, sorry, can I just jump in? Like, wasn't he doing that because of COVID, not because of the, the, the race relations stuff? No, no, no. Do you know no, what I mean? Because yeah. race relations now is more of the agenda why they want to strike, not because of COVID. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think they're two different things. No, I was just saying LeBron is in this place, both for, for the COVID lockdown conversation about the players not playing and other players wanting to play and not play. LeBron wanted to play and then with this race agenda thing and the players striking apparently if all the reports are to be believed LeBron wants to continue playing and do make change whilst playing rather than striking and making that type of impact right okay yeah I'm not saying that's interesting okay let's go to the comments okay cool so Akosia saying uh, I don't trust Obama Roland, um, people who don't like Obama is the same as people not liking Beyonce. Nah, I think I nah, agree. Okay. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Roland also says... <laughs> Roland's back to trouble. Yes, Roland. Roland. Yes, Roland. I'm feeling yes. you. I'm feeling you, I'm feeling you too. Um, he also says there was only so much he could do, um, could actually do without getting completely shut, shut down. Sure. Uh, and he says, very true. Auntie Shadow, 100% agree. Um, what he did do is fix all George Bush's bullshit. Agreed. Ray Obi says, I don't 
don't know why, but I actually expected <laughs> he would paint the White House black. And then Roland just finishes by saying, "This is he's saying that this is from an actual black American living in America." So yes, Roland. Well, well, well. I mean, Roro, you're not the all black. Yeah, he yeah, is. You, you, can't, you can't speak on all yeah, black Americans, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you being here, though, anyway. That's all. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Roro. Thanks, Roro. Next is Sade, your story. Okay. Hi. Okay, guys. So I'm going to lighten up the mood a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> So here in the UK, we just had Carnival Weekend, which falls on the Sunday and the last Monday of um, August. Um, Notting Hill Carnival, obviously because of COVID, we weren't able to go outside. So people had to have Carnival in their houses. So, you know, you've got people, you know, dressing up, taking pictures, you know, all your favourite celebs. We did Adele. So Adele, everyone does know Adele's done some major weight loss um, recently. She looks um, great. Um, you know, we've talked about that before. But Adele decided to go all out this year for Carnival. So she, her outfit consisted of, um, I think it was leggings and a I bikini. Can't find it. I'm trying to um, actually find it to put it up. A Jamaican flag bikini and Bantu knots all over her head tops. <laughs> all over. Um, and as you can imagine, this is not a typical look for <laughs> Adele at all. Um, and people were kind of like, their response, can you guys see that? <laughs> well, we should fling it on social. Um, their response was mixed. The response was mixed. So some people were really supporting Adele and some people really were not. And they were calling it a um, cultural appropriation. And I, this made me think that what makes something cultural, um, what makes it appropriation or appreciation? And my other question is, is it only uh, appropriation if you don't like the person? <laughs> <laughs> that's my question <laughs> oy, oy. Um, I'm going to go first if that's alright okay. <laughs> so I saw this and I was like sending it out I was like oh my god oh my god yeah, look at this look at this look at Adele anyway she's not Adele anymore she's Adele <laughs> Adele, <laughs> Adele. Right? she's not Adele I mean I just don't know how I feel about it because she looked good she's a Londoner and the post actually said thinking of my lovely Londoners at Carnival or something along those lines, it said something like that. Mm-hmm. It was a bit much though. It was the Jamaican, the Jamaican bra, the Bantu knots. It was a bit much, but I feel like it was a bit much just because it just looked wrong rather than I felt like she was culturally appropriating. Um, because, ah, oh, flipping hell, man. It's just like, I don't know. I just, I really don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> I just can't it can't just looks. It just yeah. looks wrong. Yeah. What if Taylor yeah. Swift or um? Ah. Oh, so, so that's, ah. that's one question. No, I had, yeah. but no, but you're could right. You, could Taylor Swift do it? And could Katy Perry do that? Katy Perry could do it. Katy Perry could do it, but she'd get slated the same way. But Katy Perry does all these outlandish mad things anyway. Like I saw her the other day, and she looked like a clown. She was dressed <laughs> like an actual clown, <laughs> like in her baby's nursery. 
There was no other way to describe it. Her outfit was a clown suit. But that's culturally appropriating clowns. Anyway, um, <laughs> Taylor Swift could not do it because it's not as authentic, believe it or not, as Adele. Adele is from London. Adele's gone carnival. Adele has friends. She's got black friends. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, Taylor Swift is a country girl, if you want to believe her. If she came out looking like that, I have major issues with it. So many issues. And it's not just about the fact that I just don't like her. Because there's other people that I like and I'd have issues with it. Yeah, I don't like her. But <laughs> I know, I know, but that's what I think is. But I don't like, think it's that. I don't think it's that. I think it's mm. because of the authenticity behind it. You, do you know what I mean? Like it, 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 I don't like Rio Aura, right? Everybody knows she's not my favorite. However, the chick's from Grove. Yeah. If she came out at Carnival wearing a mass costume with feathers and all that, let her do her and that's a chick I don't like if she had band two knots and was playing mass and had the feather the same thing that Adele had in the back I don't like her but you're from Grove you're ripping your ends you're ripping the carnival it's fine do you innit do you boo boo Taylor Swift no just no Auntie Nana I, I really like Adele so I don't see anything particularly wrong with this I felt like the hate that she was getting around the internet was unfounded like I think people just wanted to attack her like sometimes the, it just seems to be the thing like it, it, you just want to attack somebody and really what she's done there's when you go carnival there's thousands of white people that look exactly like her that are enjoying carnival and wasn't that the point of carnival in the first place it was to celebrate culture it was to have the general population start to appreciate and get involved in Caribbean culture. So to me, it's like, how is that appropriation? It really annoys me when people just band about cultural appropriation without knowing what that actually means, real terms, how when you do culturally appropriate something, how devastating that is to us as the black community. What she's done is not devastating. It's, it's not appropriation. I don't even think it's, we can put it under appreciation if we wanted to, but really it really is, uh, it's a nothingness. But the, the hate that was being spewed at her, I was more interested in that. Like that's a sickness that's in our society that you just feel it's okay to just go at somebody. Then when they do something, like they kill themselves, then it's a bit like all of the posts of, oh, we must be kind goes out and it's like, where is the kindness in the moment? Like, really? And again, the day before, wasn't everybody just mourning Chadwick? Like, <laughs> and then you go straight back to cussing somebody. It's really annoying sometimes being on the internet and mm. watching these cycles of hate go on. Um, I, I laughed more than anything. Um, at first I thought it was Katie. I really thought she was Katy Perry. I didn't get it. And I was like, what the hell's going on? But I then, because it was Katy, I thought it was Katy Perry. I was like, oh, Katy, doing Katy. Then I thought it was Adele. And I was like, okay. I was, I was actually laughing. I didn't find, I was laughing and enjoying Twitter's, you know, I love black, I love black people. <laughs> I love the way we react and remix and do the memes and the thing. In like two seconds of something happening, there's everything on the internet. It's fantastic. Um, and when it's not bullying. I didn't see hate, hate, I saw jokes. But what I saw, what pissed me off even more than anything was hate towards each other. We had American, African-Americans getting cast, 
and Caribbeans getting cast, Africans getting cast, everyone, we started infighting about a white woman's decision to wear something. <laughs> and that's what pissed me off. Like we had, because I think, I don't know who, I thought, I think it was Jamel Hill that said, oh no, baby, no, or something like that on her tweet. And then there was a backlash towards African black Americans um, about, you lot don't know what UK culture is. So you're just, we have been dominated by your voice about what is right or wrong when it comes to black people, what we should be upset about, what we should be okay about and stuff like that. We've been dominated by African-American culture. And so that was the argument. So people started cussing African-Americans and then African-Americans started cussing Caribbeans and in British people and all that type of stuff saying, oh, you guys don't know your history. And it just became infighting. And that's what really upset me actually. And if, I, I don't want to do this whole embarrassing thing, but I thought we, we've got so much stuff to deal with and we're going to start cussing each other because a white woman from Tottenham decided to wear Jamaican. Do, can you hear how stupid it sounds? <laughs> so it goes beyond anything, whether she, even if she's culture appropriating or anything, it now just becomes, we're cussing each other because of what Adele did. It's like, come on. And I think that there, there, there is, I, it's frustrating because I always reference the Ados movement and I find it so offensive. I find it so offensive. I find the um, inter-African Caribbean wars offensive. And I hate that we do this to ourselves a lot in, on the back of some nonsense. And some, most of the time it's like, we haven't got our argument together. What is appropriation? What is appreciation? What do we allow and what don't we allow? And you're right, if it was someone that I didn't like, I would be more vexed. I, found, I thought it was bemusing when Adele did it. The Bantu knots, I, do you know what, I even, because it was on her, I kind of didn't even see it as Bantu knots. I see them as top knots on her. <laughs> For some reason, I took, away, <laughs> top I took away the culturalness of it because I was just like, I will never call them Bantu knots on her. For some, I don't know what it was. You but, know that's what she was aiming for. Yeah. Of course, of course I know, of course, of course. <laughs> but because it didn't, she just looked like, like I think it was any girl at Down Carnival that gets a bit too out of her box. Like, oh my God, because I would laugh at her. I would laugh at that white girl, like, oh my God, she went and got, she went to make got braids or she went and got, well, her black friends let her out like that. I would laugh, but I wouldn't be vexed. <laughs> But when it comes to someone like Taylor Swift doing it in a video, Miley Cyrus borrowing our culture and wearing it as a coat to take off just to make money, then I've got a problem with it. So I think... That's, that is appropriation. And that's appropriation. Yeah. And I think Adele, yeah. I think Adele, I think she should have thought, and I think her black friends could have warned her, said, girl, maybe not. Maybe not too far. Maybe allow the knots. Maybe you could just want the bra and it would have been too bad. But the knots went too... Just too understand... African-Americans like, what the fuck is going on here? And feel like they need to cancel her. But it's not that. But that is where, because cancel culture and cultural appropriation and the language has gone a bit too far. So I can see it from African-Americans' perspective. I just was very vexed that we were cussing each other about it. I, 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 I think, yeah. I think. I think. I, you know, I think, I think Adele's got newfound confidence. That's what I think yes. it is. Yes, she has. And then she's trying all the things that she maybe thought that she couldn't have done before. So she thought, you know what, I'm going to go for it. Fuck COVID. I'm going to go for it. And also, so why I think that people could be upset is because, yes, we were dealing with Chadwick and we still are. But you being the person that you are, the platform that you have, you've done this with not a care about that kind of thing and like you cannot be a celebrity at that level and not and, and not realize that you're going to take focus do you know what I mean kind of thing um so there's that so there's a in there's a kind of like maybe implied insensitivity there that I think that people are sensitive to at the moment so I think they're with the, the, the right to react um definitely I just think that there's something about access to culture 
Do you know what I mean? Um, that's there, that's underlining there as well. And that who has access to our culture, who should have access to our, our culture and how they use it and how they, um, how they um, benefit from it as well kind of thing. I think Adele is well liked, but at the same time, I think of her, yes, I think of her with people going to carnival and enjoying it, but what do they do for us in the long term? What do they do? How are they actively anti-racist? Do you know what I mean? You can enjoy our culture, but what do you do on a daily basis that actually helps us move forward? Because otherwise, it's just dress up. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's all it is. And cool, it can be a non-event, but actually in the grand scheme of things, darling, what are you doing? Do you know what I mean? Because this is your, this is, okay, it's your time now, but really, are you for us? Really? Like, that, that, was, that was my thing. I like the girl because, you know, she's a London girl. Do you know what I mean? But it's just a bit, mm, I'm not sure, man. I'm just not sure. And I think, like, the other thing with her is the amount of influence that she has. So if you think this is okay, how many hundreds of thousands? We're going to have to deal with this now. <laughs> you do realize, yeah, yeah. For a good couple of years, that people are going to be thinking, yeah, my idol does it, so I'm going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Without, without the access... Do you know what I mean? And without the 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 um the perceived knowledge that goes with what she's doing, because we're we're also assuming. Do you know what I mean? Like the pictures I've seen on First Circle, I haven't seen a lot of color to be. Do you know what I mean? And these are recent pictures, so we're all assuming. Oh, she has this because she's acting in this way. But you know, what's the reality? That's 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 my thing. I think, I think oh, I'm sorry. I mean, oh. you make a really, really yeah, strong definitely. point. And I think for me, like I said, I took this as very surface because I think, yes, you're right. We were in the midst of Chadwick. So I, I, actually, I can't remember the order of which I saw it, but I laughed it off and I didn't get involved in the commentary because I, I, would got, I honed in on the black on black crime that was committed <laughs> on the back of a white woman wearing this outfit. That's yeah. what I focused on. So I didn't even think about her because I'm so, I think I'm desensitized to this nonsense. And I, cause I, I have a lot to say usually about when white women step into this space, especially. And I, if I'm going to talk about Adele, I like her, some, some songs. Um, I like her. She seems unoffen- inoffensive and I just like the way she's got on with herself. However, this application of her being a soul singer because she does belters and it's the same, so, not to talk ill of the dead, Amy Winehouse. I wasn't a fan of Amy, Amy Winehouse's voice or her songs and I didn't really get why she was being forced into this bracket of being a soul singer. Just And, you know, people will kind of cuss me for that, but it's that same thing, like Adele's being forced into this soul so then she's got this access, as you said, and freedom to act how she wants because she's been so black approved. And so this might be, an, as you, again, as you said, Auntie Shade, she's got out of her box a bit. So now she's feeling herself, she's lost the weight. And now she, you know, she's the association with Skepta and because she loves Beyonce. And sometimes her Beyonce performing to me is also performing clout chasing as well and being all up in the culture. So sometimes I think that of Adele, but I leave her to it. I'm just like, I can't even be bothered to get into every single point because in the majority, she's inoffensive. I'm more, I take more issue with uh, Miley Cyrus than her. So, and the Taylor Swift and all that type of stuff. So you're, I, I can't, I'm just echoing. You're absolutely right. I just didn't focus on that. I focus on us turning on each other because of a white woman. And that is so fucking historically a problem as well. Agreed with what you just said. However, what I will say is Adele does represent, or she has spoken about um, Black Lives Matter. She has done that. She's spoken about Grenfell and stuff like that. So she does speak about our plight as in, you know, the black people. Um, is is it, that enough? 
that she speaks do, about it. Do we know what else she's doing though? Do no, we, know we she, don't. Exactly. But, but should we? we? But we, but we've we've also sat here and said that why do people always need to talk about what they're doing? So you can't have it both well, ways. I don't agree with that personally, but um, and I don't know if that's. An I, I was just. To that. I was just going to say as well that the mm. other thing in terms of um, this is now going to make a load of other white people go out there and dress like her and do this, as Auntie Nana said or someone else said, at Carnival you get this anyway. So it but, doesn't. It, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. But that's, that's that's my point because then that's the thing. So if you are if you have the access and you know that you're going to influence people or it's perceived that is, then those people that go to carnival and do this should the minute the other behaviour that you're doing that you're not just actively speaking out that you're supporting causes that you're at the forefront you're putting your money down. That. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I I feel like. It needs to be more, to be honest, because, you know, having a little speech here, saying that you like Beyonce, it's cool. It's cool. But what, 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 what schools are you building in the community, though, man? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what, what, what are you petitioning the government to, to, um, to get rid of the debt that, that, that's on Africa and the Caribbean? Please. Like, you need to do, there's much more that you can do. Like, there's so much, she's on such a level that she can, she can make world-changing influence. But and we don't what she's know. doing, we no don't know that she's it would not. be news, and she's doing bantu knots and a, and a, and a Jamaican flag <laughs> bikini. Come on, Auntie Nana, please. Yeah. I was going to say, no, I think, Auntie Sade, you brought up some brilliant points, that really, really good thinking points. And mm. I think that actually is something that maybe we should do more holding to account, yeah. actually with your access to our culture, then what are you actually doing? And that, I think it's fair to really hold her, because she does, she she has, she's got the black stamp of approval. Yeah, she's got the black so part. with mm -hmm. that stamp, there does need to be some conditions and it's not okay to just have black friends. Mm. So then you may need to really align yourself with some other people who can advise you on things to get involved in and, and and then you lend your voice to that as well. Like I think I think it's fair for her to be more active. Um, what I would like, if you are going to wear things that are Caribbean or African, that yeah. you again you shop consciously and yeah. you tag the businesses that you bought from. Yes, because true. that would influence people. To if, if the only influence is going to be commercial, and and where they're buying from, then really be about that like actually like I bought this from Charlene Charlene designs and you have her you have her bikinis like literally like you're doing an advert for her yeah I got my hair done by this hairdresser and it isn't Tony and Guy like literally like you're making sure that you are getting it done in peck and palms or something that you're more active that way I think it's fair to hold her account to that and actually be like you know what are you doing and um, advertise it. Use your celebrity for a reason, not just for dress up. Shez said, we mentioned it before we started. Shez, um, who <laughs> one of our um, avid watchers and supporters, she said, yeah, she pointed out the um, comment in the versus <laughs> Brandy versus Monica when apparently Adele said, well, yeah. and now yes. that is a bit of like, if, you, if that was genuinely Adele, and on the backlash of that, you're still coming forward. There's a level, there's a level of arrogance of that. But that's yeah. it. That is true. I'm, I'm looking at it. 
I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with that. Again, she's from London. How do, there's there's people to say wild one. But day, she she day. doesn't talk you, like, like that. When she does but, stuff, she does how, she doesn't but, actually speak like that. How because we heard her speak. But we're we sitting, speak. We're sitting here. Wait, 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 take time, take time. We're sitting here assuming that we know how she chats amongst her friends. We're sitting here assuming that. We don't. Like you we are. We're sitting here assuming those things. We sat here and assumed that she doesn't give to charity. I just Googled. And it came up with about. I didn't say that she doesn't. I just don't so, think she's doing enough. That's what and I, I said. And I actually, agree with that. And she's I agree not doing enough. That. And but, also, as well, like in order to make actual implement, like actual change, and to influence people, you have to go above and beyond. You can't just do the surface level. And this is what I'm saying. It's just like she's actively got access to our culture. She's she's now in a position. That comment yesterday was just like I don't give a fuck what anyone says. Exactly. To me, that's how I read that. Do you know what I mean? So if that's the case, and you here with us then do the most you're doing the most in the outfit do the most in your actions that's that's my fit i i nah she needs to do more she needs to do more any comments yes loads <laughs> <laughs> so, roland said side by you you guys look great thank, <laughs> thank you. you thank you especially after like uh, last night's verses for real um yeah, ray <laughs> says uh she really should have thought that one through someone something tells me we can expect a single or album release soon yes i fear so many feelings have been deliberately hurt or um for publicity um and it may uh backfire on her that's very true zell says it's a non-event okay mm-hmm. uh roland says absolutely not for mayo swift you get me though. <laughs> um, Stephanie says uh, Adele Stan. <laughs> Laugh out loud. Um, uh, Roland says not everybody. Uh, sorry, hold on. This is going in the way. So not everybody. Not everyone is appropriating. Um, Miss Latang says, uh, "AK, what? Just WhatsApps you? Oh, okay. This oh, is yeah. what you're saying. Uh, yeah. The picture. Yes, exactly. Um, and sorry, there's so many." Uh, Ray says there's some similarity with the Familand story from a few weeks back maybe a split between um, amongst the black community so African Caribbean black Americans on how they view this Um, I see as appreciation but poorly poorly timed choice on her part that's very true for me um and then ray goes uh, on to say the division um it's caused amongst our community was painful to see still telling um still telling on how unfairly society we live in treats us yes exactly um and she's asked who exactly put those knots in i know she didn't damn right she didn't um nicola says newfound confidence is also right also her relationship with skepta has given her even more feels for blackness is that um, in a relationship with skepta is that confirmed? Apparently, I don't know. It's not confirmed. Um, her actions will have a lot of white girls dressing like that next summer. Damn right. And Zell says, Shade, yes, totally on point, actually. And then, so <laughs> and then Ray said her choice of JA flag was interesting too. Why? True. That's, that's, the, thing is- that's the thing that I thought. And I said it, some, I I said it in the group. Jamaican, and I, and I, said, I, I said that in the group. That's the one yeah. thing that I was like, why is Jamaican flag? Mm. And that's no shade to Jamaicans. It's just that carnival is not Jamaican. Exactly. I, like, for me, if she had a Trinidadian flag, it would make more sense. Or even a Brazilian flag, perhaps. It would maybe. make it. I would have yeah. understood. 
it, that's, that was the one thing about her. Well, I was uncomfortable, but that was the one thing that I was like, why is she got a Jamaican flag? But hey ho, we, we, we digress um, and we need to move on. Yeah. Uh, just quickly, Roland just says, "Great point, Auntie Nana. Tag the people from the culture that you're utilizing." Yeah, that's the last. Accountability, yeah. guys. Um, okay, let me find. I think it's me next. Oh, I've got so many windows open. Sorry. Your sound sounds really low to me. Is it low to you? Yeah, guys? it's got it's got low all of a sudden. Okay, I don't know. Sometimes that happens. How do I sound now? Still yeah, the still the same. Maybe pull out. Um, back in. Does that sound better? Yeah. Yes. Let me see if I put it back in a bit. No, it's your headphones then, because it sounded better when you pulled out. Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> 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 we're out of order, because all of us were like... <laughs> we are so kids. We are so much... <laughs> 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 moving on, moving on. So, moving okay. on, moving on. So this, me and I, yeah. So I don't know if any of you guys watch the proms or care about the proms, but BBC proms is a long-standing traditional um, concert event at the Royal Albert Hall where they celebrate all things um, orchestral music and classical music. And so the controversy kind of came out that on the last night of the proms, there's always the big finale, the great big finale. The finale. They also they always play traditionally um, Jerusalem and Land of Rule Britannia, Land of Hope and Glory. Is that not our natural? That's our national anthem. Sorry, right? What's our national anthem? God save the no, queen. God save our the gracious. God save queen. our gracious queen. Yeah, yeah. Rule, yeah Rule Britannia is our colonial <laughs> celebration or whatever. I yeah. don't know how that tune is. Anyway, apparently, no, not apparently. They um, decided to instead of singing the words or singing the lyrics, they decided to play an instrumental version because of the connotations of colonialism and slavery. So there were social, so Delia Stasez, sorry, Stasevska, who is a conductor, she said that she believed it was time to bring change to the Royal Albert Hall in the year that the anti-racism movement gathered pace following the death of George Floyd. And, um, and she got lots of backlash. And there was lots of backlash about this saying that, you know, why are we being so embarrassed of our history? The um, Royal Britannia is a song of, against slavery, all this type of stuff. And just for some backstory quickly, Royal Britannia was set to music by Thomas Army in 1740. His lyrics were based on a poem by James Thompson. And the words are, Royal Britannia rule the, Royal Britannia rule the waves, Britons will ne never will be slaves. And um, this is at the time of the great, of the great British Empire. Um, which some people today find problematic. And then our fearless leader, Boris Johnson, chimed in <laughs> on the conversation. And he had the nerve, and the, or did I say the nerve, to say, I think it's time we stopped our cringing embarrassment about our history and about our culture. He then went on to say, we need to stop this general bout of self-recrimination and wetness. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Now, um, Chichi Nwanoku of the Chinake Foundation, which is a classical um, group of black um, orchestral people, um, she said that, you know, look, we find it offensive. Of course, I know other people are going to want to cling to it, but I know why they want to cling to it. These songs are jingoistic echoes of empire. And depending on what side of the fence you're sitting on, you either feel jealous, emboldened and patriotic and immediately identify with all the sentiments of it. For any conscious black person who's aware of their history, the empire and colonialism, for example, they will struggle to enjoy the patriotic, patriotic jingoism of these songs. So my point is, what do you think? How do you feel about Rule Britannia? Did you know did you ever feel uncomfortable? We don't do the national anthem in schools or any type of singing like that in our schools over here. However, how do you feel? And do you think it's right that these kind of anthems get adjusted and kind of take out the lines that reference the problematic parts of our history? Or should we do like Boris Johnson and be 
less embarrassed about the British history, even us as black folk. Boris Johnson needs to suck all the cocks. <laughs> um, allegedly. No, no, allegedly. That's what he needs to do. He needs to get on his knees and suck all the cocks in Parliament. Because fucking hell, mate. If you don't listen to that song and don't see that it's problematic, then you're a dickhead. So you should suck cock. That's what you should do. Because come on now. I have always, throughout my, like... Adult life, at least. I can't say how I felt when I was a child because I don't remember. But I've always found that song problematic. Always. Listen to the words. Britannia rules the world, right? Waves. Britain's... Waves. Wait, wait, world, mm. where the fuck? Britain's shall never, ever, ever be slaves. But you lot went around fucking conquering the entire globe, making people slaves. And we should sing that full of chest. No, it should not be sung. The instrumental version should not be played. They should done with that now. That's what they should do. Forget that song. Move on. You know it's offensive. Just like some of the statues that have been taken down because they're offensive. So move on. We should be embarrassed by our history. And if we're not embarrassed by our history, how can we progress in life? How can we do that? If you're just going to sweep shit underneath the carpet and make like it never, and make like it never happened, how are we ever going to change anything? Boris, you're all right to say that because you're sat in your ivory castle and you're all right to say them things because your, your history, your life was not affected by this. It just wasn't. So for you, it's okay, isn't it? It's okay that the Queen's crown has got a big diamond from South Africa. That's, that's okay. Those things are good, isn't it? Or wherever it's from, that's all right. Boris needs to shut the fuck up once again. That's what needs to happen. I'm very angry about this, as you can tell. Very angry. Auntie Sade or Auntie Farah? I mean, Auntie Nana. Um... Well, I think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not here for the chat. How, how could I be? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a, a black British Nigerian. It's, it's impossible for me to want to <laughs> support that. That's crazy. Um, but I think a lot of people just don't know their history. They don't actually know their history. That's the problem. So they're clinging to the idea or something or the perception or something, which they just don't know the actual truth. And that's by design. You know, so I think you're just going to get, you know, you're just going to get that ignorance there because, and, and I think Boris obviously knows better. Yes. Do you know what I mean? He knows better, but he's, you know, he's, he's trying to stay in power. And, you know, if the majority of people think like this, that's what he's going to play to. He's literally just using the Donald Trump playbook, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not surprised at all, but he should be ashamed of himself, to be honest. Definitely. I absolutely wish that the majority of people would learn a bit about history um, just outside of themselves so that they don't make themselves look like complete and upper assholes by upholding outlandish, just depraved views and, and sets of music and culture. Even to, to call it your culture, to me, is like disgusting. Why would you want this to yeah. be a part of your culture? Actually... Mm really you should be moving into a state of we are more enlightened beings and what our ancestors did we would never do it was depraved and you want to actually move culture along to be in another age and to harp on with the shit that you guys were doing to get the country into the state it is now is like it's, it's just foolish i just think it makes them look like just low lives like slugs he actually really does look like a slug on the section <laughs> yeah that's kind of like yeah, it's just so primitive. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's like when we refer to them as like recessives or the newest humans on the block, like you, they, sometimes 
politicians really affirm that stance that some conscious black people have because it is it's so backwards to uphold a neanderthal conquer attitude and to keep it going it's like really are you actually normal human beings like Mm. just it's utterly ridiculous but boris is such a he he really does need to suck all of the cocks, as as far as said, he does. Stop I mean, saying that. No, because he does line them up. <laughs> um, um, well, look, I, I you know I fully agree with everything because um, I think in, on Twitter I was like, well, I don't understand how anyone can interpret that that those words, those lyrics are against slavery of black people. <laughs> when they were created at the time when they were enslaving black and brown people. And also it's a braggadocious war cry. It's like Britain mm-hmm. will never ever be slaves. Like we ain't like yeah. you, we will never be slaves because we rule the waves. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you actually trying to say that's in defense of the people that they were robbing, pillaging and raping and stealing their goods from? So that I was just like, I don't understand. That's why I made it my story. Cause like, I don't even understand the confusion. Like you are dumb and for our, supposed prime minister to say that we we it's not a we thing you know and this is why when people say that i'm english i'm british i yes by my passport but then when people want to challenge why i still talk about ghana as or talk about the or when we as black people talk about the country that we originated from especially in the uk when we can actually touch that or trace ourselves back to our home country that is why i cannot completely call myself british because we I am ashamed of, I'm not even ashamed because it's not my shame to have, I didn't ask you lot to go and do it. So I'm not even ashamed, it's not even that. I don't like it and I don't like the British history because of what it's done to my people. So don't say that we need to stop being ashamed. You lot need to be ashamed because you stop, you haven't been ashamed for all the times that we, for everything that we've gone through in this earth, white folks have not been ashamed of their history and British people who have not been taught proper history are not ashamed because they don't even know that they should be ashamed. They've been built up to be patriotic and really champion like, yeah, go Britain. Yay. We've done all this stuff. We taught you like how to wear clothes. Shut up because there's <laughs> so much information that's out there. I mean, Eamon Holmes and Good Morning Britain got some backlash because he had a guy, a, a, a talking, a, a punter on called Femi, who's, um, I can't remember his, sorry, I can't remember his, um, work title, but he works in race relations and stuff like that. They had him on um, Good Morning Britain to talk about this. And Eamon was like, so why are you offended by the word slavery? And it's like, it seems, and then mm-hmm. they, had, they had Nigel Farage on with him as well. Oh, like, why have you got Nigel Farage, Eamon Holmes, and then you're talking to this black pundit who's come on to talk about this, and then they're shutting him down and they're saying, well, you know, it seems like you're offended by the word slavery. And then I think even Eamon said the S word. Are you all right? Like, don't, they're just mocking us and I hate it. And that's why when people are arguing amongst each other about a white woman who wore a funny outfit, this is the type of shit that we're dealing with when our actual prime minister is telling us that we <laughs> have to not be ashamed of their history. And then another guy, just to get everyone even more riled up <laughs> because we need to be more angry about these things. Um, Brendan O'Neill was on BBC Radio and he said, we have to stop being ashamed of British history. The BBC is censoring Royal Britannia. The British Museum is banging on about slavery. We're all expected to atone for the sins of, of empire. It's pathetic. Let's celebrate what's good about Britain. So can you tell me what's good about Britain for black people and brown people, please? Tell us what we should be proud of. Please, I think that's what we need to ask. What should we be proud of collectively? Because what, 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 what? And yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone else got anything to say, else to say, or if you want to go to the comments, Auntie Sade. Comments. I, I would just want to be, I just, I think, yeah, they're just scared because those people who think that way, they're dying out. That's, yeah. that's my, yeah, do you know what I mean? So they're just trying to re- 
push this ideal. But anyway, hopefully it won't take. Hopefully if we have people like Adele supporting us. It won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Um, sorry. Before you go to the comments, sorry, before mm-hmm. you go to the comments, yeah, um, yeah. I read something and it was about Donald Trump, but it actually is it's fitting for Boris as well. It mm-hmm. said, um, what children are learning from the current US president? And I can say this about what children are learning from the current prime minister. Yeah. Never apologize to, every, to anyone ever. Science mm. is stupid. Anyone different is bad. Don't be nice. Nice is for losers. Cheating makes winners. I mean, for fuck's sake, man. Like, how can you not, how can you not see the wrong in that? How is it all right to say, oh, the German Nazis were fucking bad, but we weren't, or we were, but let's not talk about that. That yeah. was hundreds of years ago. It's fine. We can still sing the songs. It doesn't mean anything. Why are you offended by slavery? Because you have never apologised for it, and it has fucked us up for centuries, and we are still suffering to this day. Look what we spoke about here. There's still in-house battles between Africans and African-Caribbeans and African-Americans. That is still part of slavery. That is still part of colonialism. That is, that is, we are affected by this to this day. People are marching. People are fucking dying in the streets because of what's happened. And for them to turn around and tell us, just forget it. Is and be just, proud. And be proud is just ignorant. It's just not even ignorant. I, there is not even a word to describe what it is. It just makes me so angry. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's calculated and it's dangerous. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. It's just fucking hell, man. What is the world? Comments. Cool. Um, I'll just read a few. So Ray um, says, only someone with racist views would argue this. Point um, is only the person offended can tell what is offensive. Um, Mm. He is a Muppet referring to Boris and let's just see um that sounds oh so Roland says that sounds like some make Britain great again bullshit yes basically yeah he's not innocent mate get yeah. me not innocent um okay we move on auntie Sh- Farah Story. My story is going to make us angry again. So my story is about President Trump and his acceptance speech in front of the White House. Mm. Oh, he accepted that for the election upcoming and he held it at the White House, which in itself had never been done before. And it's actually prohibited for any, per, any um, representative to, do, to use their, pla- their, their house as a platform to do this. Um, a few key points in this, in his speech, he pointed at the building and said, what is its name? Mm. What's the name of that house? They want to get in here, they can't. What's the name of that house? He did that. He basically didn't have anything new to say. He said, Joe Biden is not the savior. He's weak. He said that um, if you want to continue to protect the law abiding American citizens, you will vote for him. If you want to um, engage in radical movements and completely obliterate and destroy the American way of life and give free reign to violent anarchists, agitators and criminals who threaten citizens, then you will vote for Joe Biden. Did you hear this? What did you think? Another thing to add is that he mentioned how they will have a vaccine for COVID um, within the next few months before the end of the year. This is all whilst everybody sat very closely together with no face masks on. Did you see this? Thoughts? 
Auntie Nana. Um, you know, I can usually try and figure out a way to <laughs> provide another side to Trump, but that speech, like, I literally was like, oh my God. What I thought, though, was it sounded quite desperate. Mm-hmm. So mm. it really seemed to be like, I need this, this really right-wing base to really get on board. Like I've got to really pull out all of the stocks without flipping, standing up there and going, die, nigga, die, nigga, die, nigga. Like, literally, it was like, I've really got to get these guys on, on side. And so it, it kind of gave me hope that maybe some change will happen because I was really more in the camp of, I think he's going to get another four years. Like, I really think Trump is going to get it. I still think that, but he, he came across as more desperate for me so in a way, it was like, mm, the Democrats may have a chance because he isn't even playing, like, I've got this. It was more like, I may not have this, guys, so I need to really whip you lot up. Um, and in the same way with the police, to me, it feels like you really need the country and the world to be so divided at this moment to keep hold of this power. Um and it, it's so desperate. I'm really hoping that that consciousness sweeps around and people see that, you know what, like change is so close. These guys are being so desperate. They're shooting everybody, they're killing, they're, like, it just is like, this is what they're trying to do to stay in power, like don't fall into this. It's not a time to be angry. It's really a, t- a time to stand in unity to change things. They're trying to make us angry deliberately to keep a divide going and they're doing shocking tactics in order to do it but the thing is not to to rise to that it's actually to be like we see what you're doing and we're not going to play your game but I think he's been so obvious that was my takes on him and it just buffoonery again Auntie Shade mate I feel like he should be you know like back in the day when I think it was it Sinn Féin like the IRA yeah. <laughs> when you couldn't hear you weren't allowed to hear his voice on tv yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i think i think that's i think that's what needs to be done for him because it, it what he's spewing is basically racial racial hate hatred really isn't it, do you know what i mean like, yeah it's terrorism and it should it shouldn't it shouldn't be allowed it just shouldn't be allowed i i, I agree with you um auntie Lana. i think it is there's a level of desperation there and actually that's a good thing do you know what i mean like he should be desperate clinging to power to be honest we don't want him to be comfortable at all um yeah i just just not i don't know man it's it, it, he it still feels like we're in a movie do you know what i mean it's like we're in the worst like like horror film ever and he's like trying to become an evil dictator and i'm just waiting oh god it's sad isn't it but i'm waiting for the avengers man to come and freaking freaking save us but yeah it's, it's, it feels like endgame right now that's that's what it feels like um i felt yeah i think the same um i just it's just interesting when they when you see politicians draw for lazy headlines in their speeches it's like you're not even thinking about you're not even trying to pretend. You're actually just going for all the most dramatic things and just hoping that your people are... And I don't, it's the people that are listening to what he's saying who are supporting him and not feeling offended that he's treating them like they're, treating them like he, they're total idiots. Like, I don't mm. understand. It's so weird 
to know that there are people that will still vote for Trump. And I compared it to someone voting for Tiger King. Like what, what, what is going on in your mind that you, what he's saying, you living in a world that's burning around you. I think Trump was saying that, you know, under Biden, you know, he's calling it Biden's riots and all that type of stuff. Biden isn't in power. You're <laughs> actually calling all the protests and everything that's going on Biden's world. It's your world that you created. You stoked the flames on the back of Obama leaving office. You stoked the flames of racial insecurity and have thrived on building this. You have not condemned the shooters in, um, sorry, Port is it Portland? Sorry, my bad. Yeah. You haven't condemned the shooters. Mm. You haven't done anything. You're just actually encouraging it about you're going to then label it Biden's riots or whatever you're calling it and not <laughs> taking accountability. It's just so weird to me. And knowing that someone's still going to put an X by his name. Um, and then the rest of the, the, the DNC conversation, they brought, they rolled out. Cause I think they said there's no people of color really on Trump's team, but he managed to find about four black people to speak for him at the convention, obviously mm. out of desperation. And then again, these black folks that are saying, you know, under Trump, this has happened under Trump. I it's, it's just so, because I, I like to be objective. I really want to see, it is hard to see what Trump's actually done. The same way it was hard to see what Obama's done when there's all this noise. So sometimes there are some policies that people said that Trump has done, made some changes and remove the person is what has actually been done under his name. But this guy is just talking to say, we're not here and we're not listening. Again, another black person that's rolled out to convince us. And then another, that Asian lady that said, you know, my mum was an immigrant, my dad wore a turban. And it's just like, there is no, America's not racist. Are you, come on. <laughs> but then people are still going to listen to them and say, yeah, it's true. America's not racist. When you've got people dying left, right and centre because of their colour of their skin. It's just, I don't know. It's, um, so I'm hoping, yes, I, should, I felt the desperation because it just seems like, you know, America's allowed to use, do campaign videos and stuff and just do the most dramatic campaign videos ever and literally superimpose any type of lies. I think that should be stopped. I think that's, it's really, really, it's bad propaganda, basically. But all that type of stuff, I think it's desperation. I just really hope there are more sensible people out there than who have been voting for Trump in the past. I just really, I'm concerned. I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to call it either way. I just don't, I don't want to know until after the voting day, wake up and hope. But I just don't even want to play the game of who's going to get it. I, it's just too nerve-wracking. Yeah, he's running scared. <laughs> he is. Um, as I said, his, his whole speech had nothing new. It was just basically, he's bad, I'm good, vote yeah. for me. Um, the riots in the streets by the criminals are part of Biden's brigade. It's yeah. nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm promoting law and order. Vote for me. I'm going to get the, make this the greatest economy ever. Vote for me. Biden's bad. And then make America great again. That's what he basically said. That was his whole speech. He doesn't give a flying F-U-C-K about anybody other than himself. It's just, it's, I, I just hope that, like we all said, that there are enough people out there that can just see that he's not making any sense whatsoever and he's just stoking the fire of racism and trying to incite violence that he's doing it i hope yeah. that they can see this and i hope that covid because of the number of people that have died in america will open people's eyes to see that he just doesn't give a shit the people mm. in his closest circle were tested but everybody else at that speech were not so he mm -hmm. made sure within his own circle, he was protected, but everybody else wasn't. They didn't, as I said, no one wore face masks, no one was socially distanced, none of that happened. It's just very, very scary what's going on right now. And I think you're right, people just need to stay focused and remember the shit that he's called. 
he pulled um, lots of um, post boxes off the streets. Did you yeah. guys see? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, in order to stop people being able to vote. by Merlin. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's just, he's up to no good. And as you said last week, Auntie Shade, he's trying to put out there that the voting's going to be fixed. Yeah. yeah. Putting it out there. So he's yeah. doing everything that he can to secure his his next um presidency he, that's what mm-hmm. he's doing and he doesn't care how he does it you know if he if he doesn't win the votes fixed and he's not going anywhere yeah yeah he said that's 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 yeah, he, yeah, yeah he said that that's what he's up to it's but, just can i just say did oh, anyone so i'll ask you Shade, did you see um melania's wonderful speech <laughs> <laughs> but did she pay, did she plagiarize Michelle Obama again? I don't did she do it again? Apparently, apparently, yeah, I saw apparently. something, but I didn't look into it too tough. Jeez. I was just gonna. I, I just wa- I just want to quickly say that um, I'm hoping that even if he does win, where the Dem- Democrats will win is in the local elections. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. I think that that is a be- like maybe a better strategy for long term. Um, longevity to, to be controlling things I think and, and that slowly is starting to happen do you know what I mean where seats are being flipped um, so if they have the power you know he could he could you know he could have ultimate power almost that kind of thing <laughs> but if he's you know if the house, if the house and the yeah. senate do you know mm. what I mean kind of thing are Democrat, then I think it'll it'll balance itself out hopefully um but yeah no i saw you know what i didn't see the speech but i did see her reaction to ivanka yes yes Yes. mad yes that house was broken i swear ivanka must have said something to her yeah she was just like what (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah I, i can't wait for that book to come out Listen, like, you know, he pisses everybody off anyway. So, yeah. like, the aid that is around the house at this moment, yeah, when he does something to them and then they spill all the beans, like, I, I yeah. can't wait to hear yeah. tell all, like, literally, yeah. like, how Melania has had like her brain removed and yeah. <laughs> is being controlled by robotics. Yeah. <laughs> She's only wheeled out, out of a cupboard, out of a box. Um, Charlotte, right. um, any comments? we move on um yeah ray says um he does all this while backing the 17 year old that murdered protesters yes another muppet in power absolutely exactly okay aunties no best oh i have an update so i'll go first very quickly so i have an update from somebody i think uh i can't remember when this person sent it in now so the guy it was a, one of our nephews he said that he was concerned about his cousin's um dating status so it's, oh yeah it's, oh, yeah find a good girl he keeps getting yeah. cheap, like, sh- like shit he's actually found a lovely nigerian girlfriend oh the show <laughs> He took some advice. He listened to his um, friends around him and he's actually got a girlfriend. So he'll keep us oh, blessed. So oh, that's cute. Thank oh, you. Nice. I've got one. I've got one. Let me just get it. Sorry. Hey, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Okay. Right. Hello, aunties. I work in a very small office with 20 people and the woman who sits opposite me has extremely bad body odour. No. Oh, God. No. <laughs> I had a polite word with her pre-lockdown and it got better for about a day. However, <laughs> since, <laughs> however, since returning to work, it's now worse than ever before. If she gets in the lift and you happen to catch it after her, you know she's been there. The smell lingers. It leaves a trace just like a skunk. It, oh, actually, makes, it actually makes me feel quite ill. There are two problems beside the fact 
that she absolutely reeks. The first is that no one else seems to notice. Well, they don't mention it anyway. I don't want to bring it up again with her because I don't want to be abused, accused of bullying or inappropriate behaviour. The second thing is, this woman is HR, so I can't bring it up with them. Help! You're sincerely dying from the smell. <laughs> uh, I, I think she can go to another HR. Is she the only HR person? A small no, company, I, she said. I think if she um, already spoken to her and it's that offensive, I, she then, why, why, I'm stuck because... Isn't it management after that then? Yes, yeah, manage. You just got to go and speak to the manager. Yeah, the the next person in line. Or the thing is, like, what you could do if 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 you know, I would maybe give it a second chance because it's a sensitive thing, and just say like, look, because some time has passed. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm really sorry to bring this up. But, you know, the thing that we talked about has happened again. Like, you know, you don't have to go into detail, but maybe if there's the code word we can use, like, you know, blossom or, do you know what I mean? Like something, that thingy, then that can alert alert you that there's something, do you know what I mean? That there's something no matter. Um, Like you could try that or you just have to go to the next person. Do you know what I mean? And just say like, look, like this is, this is, this is, you know, on a serious note, like this is what's happening. Do you know what I mean? It's making me uncomfortable. Um, you know, and, and then, then it's that. You know what I mean? They have to then talk to the person. But I would just say because of, you know, it's a sensitive thing. So you don't want to embarrass the person. Do you know what I mean? Kind of thing. So that's why I would get at least give it another go. Do you know what I mean? And show that sensitivity if you feel comfortable or not. If not, go to the manager, go to the next person who might be the MD, but it has to be done. That's what I was going to say about, I think she should maybe try again. And cause she did it before and it was received well, she listened. So that's why I was a bit mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. but yeah, manager. But I, I think if you've got that close or whatever comfortableness and she responded nice, she responded positively approach it again sensitively because whatever you did in the first place before lockdown was right. Auntie Lana, do you have anything to add? Um, <laughs> I, I don't, sorry. I'm trying to find <laughs> the internet dilemma. That was a really good one. So just give me a second, but I don't have anything to add. Auntie Farah. Yeah, I disagree with you too. Um, maybe try approaching her again. The fact that you were able to approach her before and um, she didn't take it badly. I think if you just approached her again quietly, and just said to her, you know, I just, I just noticed that what we talked about, is, it's happening again. Are you okay? Do you, you know, do you need to talk about anything? Maybe you might want to try a few different things. Look, I've tried this. This is great. Give us some suggestions. And then um, if it continues after that, because she might have a genuine health problem. I've worked with people before and this has happened and they have had a genuine health problem and they've been actually going through treatment for things. So it's mm. not just like, oh, she doesn't wash. It could be a lot deeper than that. Um, so just maybe approach it like that first off. And then if it doesn't get any better, maybe in a few weeks time, then speak to the whoever is above her, whoever she reports to. Auntie Shade, what's your dilemma if you have one? Uh, shall I just do comments real quick? Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Roland says, go to, go to the higher ups, burn incense, things <laughs> and candles at work. <laughs> Oh, and Febreze, everything. Oh, my God. And Miss Latang says, perhaps... Um, oh, God. 
crying. So annoying. Sorry. Hello. Someone tried to call me. So annoying. Um, <laughs> Mr. Tang said, perhaps purchase a body odor defense kit, <laughs> shower yeah. gel, and some Mitchum okay. or Shaw. Mitchum, you know. <laughs> Yeah, on her birthday, you could give her a little, like a little gift bag, innit? Like, of products. On her birthday? No. Oh, not on her birthday. No. No, like a, no, Santa. no, 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 like a nice one. Not like sure, but you know, like a, a gift basket with nice... Body shop. No, guys. Yeah, like body shop or Lush or something like that. You could that give might her make it worse. Oh, yeah. that's true. Might be I think a secret Santa is fair. Yeah. Um, okay, my dilemma is, dear aunties, love the show. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I am deeply in love with my best friend um and but I am too scared to say anything. I don't want to risk our friendship and I can't tell if she feels the same way. We've known each other since school and have gone through most of life milestones. Now we're in our 30s and she's single and I want to take the chance but it's a huge risk. We both have kids who um are close. What do you think I should do? We had something similar this yeah, before, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and I feel like you guys disagreed with this whole thing of telling people how you feel about them. But again, I, I still, I think I stand by, I mean, this, it seems like there's a bit more consideration as well about kids being close, but unless the kids are going to date, <laughs> Mum and dad need to have fine love too, and you people are young, so we come first, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think only I th it's really hard when you don't know the people who are talking, who are in this situation, to know how their characters will react to these type of things. So, are there any clues? Does he, is it a guy writing in or a girl? It's a girl. Um, about a guy, right? Um, no, about a girl. I thought oh. so. I kind of got that. Oh, mm. yeah, I, okay. So again, is this is this unrequited? Is it like the other conversation where the person isn't is straight? I mean, I don't know because if the person's not gay, then it's a whole consider another consideration. And if you're best friends, again, I think it's about the nature of your relationship. If that person can handle this conversation coming from you, but again, if you're talking about actually getting together, that and I'm assuming that maybe this person is also gay because it doesn't seem like you didn't say that she's straight. So it seems like then you're both in the same space and it's just a matter of do you like me yes i do i, I best friends for 30 years I, 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 I this is a different one because you're if you're both gay why have you not become closer because it would be i, I don't know if i'm speaking out of turn i said it would be easier maybe to have that conversation because you're both in the same space anyway um, I, I just don't understand why it's difficult for her to have this conversation and what other clues or things is she picking up on or not picking up on to make this be such an issue um, to just broach. So I, I, I'm not sure what you should do because I don't feel like I have all the information. Um, I'm Go on, Auntie Nana, sorry. I think, I feel like these situations are kind of best left alone, really. Especially if you're considering this person is your best friend if you two were naturally going to go into a relationship, I think it would have happened through the course of your journey. It just feels like you, you may be putting something on somebody else and that could really affect your, your friendship. And really it's like, is it worth it to 
go into a relationship with somebody and maybe lose the lose your friendship like it may not work and that could be the end of a really good friendship or just remain friends and turn your attention to somebody else I really do feel maybe this is just personally my my experiences but I feel like love is a choice so choosing your partner like choose wisely like a friend is also a choice as well like just choose wisely if you have a best friend and your kids are friends as well and you've all built up a relationship why throw that into jeopardy like just find somebody else to love I'm conflicted because part of me agrees with you auntie nana like if it was going to happen it would have happened already but then what if the other person feels the same as you but hasn't vocalized it because they fear rejection just like you fear rejection i mean you could be stopping yourself from having the greatest thing that you've ever had so i feel conflicted and i don't have an answer Chardé. um yeah i'm, I'm kind of still with auntie nana do you know what i mean i feel like i think it's too risky especially because there's kids involved as well kind of thing and they're you know the impact it could have on them for something that might not be anything um and you've got a friendship and i think that 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 not all love has to be romantic love do you know what i mean like you can be friends and have that love and friendship and it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to go anywhere um but yeah I think it's, I think it's, I think you would, you would, you would have to have more evidence <laughs> that there's, it's, it's, it's a reciprocal, <laughs> reciprocated, do you know what I mean? Before making um, that, that kind of choice, really. I think there's too much, I think the stakes are too high and not in her favour. Yeah, I, yeah. I think on this one, I don't know what are the differences with the other one, but I just think that this one, I, you need to have a few more clues, but I just, I'm, I'm still not in this. Maybe I'm being um, over romantic about it or airy fairy about it, but I just don't always think that the confession is always going to lead to a destruction of a relationship. Because, but that's why it's, I think it's really down to the individuals who they are character wise. And you have to know them well enough to, I mean, you never know how someone's going to react to anything in the grand scheme of things, but 30 years of friendship, especially, you must have some, some idea and it's not like a straight person telling a, a gay person telling a straight person or, or, or vice versa. It's two people who are both interested in the same gender. So it's, it's, it's not a shock. It could happen. And it's a conversation that could be broached, but it is about the strength of your friendship. I think that's more important. And it is about the clues. If you've got nothing, maybe that's a bit of a risk, but it doesn't always have to be a, just to end in the destruction of a relationship. I think, I think I, like I used an anecdote before that a friend told a friend that they liked them and then the friend wasn't, didn't feel the same way, but they're still friends. So it doesn't always end in destruction of relationship, um, it, but it does depend on the character of the people involved in this situation. And if you know that person is not going to be, not charged, I won't say charged, it's the, if the person's not going to react negatively to you expressing your feelings for them, then there's also, there's, take a chance. Sometimes it is this whole thing of life being too short to sit on feelings, if they're real feelings, I think there's, a dismissive of the fact if it's real feelings that's affecting you that you really feel some type of way and it's how you broach it and maybe not just dump it on the person's plate but it's also a thing like why as a grown person who should have all their faculties intact and actually knows that actually i really do genuinely love this person because they've considered it this 
thing of not saying it because the friendship might be better. I don't know. It's like this thing of not oppressing yourself or suppressing your emotions with, or we don't know them. So I don't know if that we can definitely unequivocally say that they're, they're, they're not, don't have the faculties to deal with it or it's all going to go pear-shaped. I think there's also a right in being able to express yourself to the, I don't know. Yeah, Any I don't know. I don't know if we'll agree on that one. I think that sometimes you, it's, it's just so selfish. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I just want to say what I feel. No, I don't, yeah. really, I don't think it's like that. I know, no, I know. I'm not coming at you. I'm no, 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 I know, I know. Agree, cause, cause, no, I, like, yeah. I like to, I wanted right. to explore it. I do want to explore it because it's interesting because it's, 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 it's a similar question and it's just the same answers. And I, I guess it's for me to try and work around it because you and Nana have stuck to that conviction and, and I'm trying to see it and I wonder I just it's, it's interesting to explore not rather than a comeback it's more like I really it's interesting to explore yeah I, the selfishness of it is weird because it's like is it selfish if anyone chirps is anyone that means that is there a selfishness in telling someone that you like them anyway when does it not become selfish I think it's gone I was going to say the, the, the difference is the build up the foundation of the years of the friendship that they've had it could, mm-hmm. it could dramatically change anything and like Auntie Shade said there are kids involved what if the person doesn't, that's why I'm conflicted. Because what if the person doesn't receive it well and they're like, what do you mean? And also we're assuming that the other person's gay. We're assuming mm. that. We don't know. Okay, fair enough. That's fair. We, that's a different thing. We don't, we don't know. know if anyone's gay at the moment. Yeah, well, we just know it? that yeah. she likes her best friend. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So, oh, well, man, that just gives it all the ambiguity. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many variables to that then. But I think yeah. there's this thing about it being selfish and it's just like, who matters? Because what if the friends, what if the two kids are close now, but then they, they, they don't, they grow apart, which can happen. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like, it's... it's, it's but it's I guess what, my, what I'm saying is just like, I feel like that people really act from self. So I think the majority of people will always put their emotions and their feelings before another person. That's what I'm saying. So they're not necessarily thinking about, you know, how that person's going to react they're more thinking i need to offload this because it's burdening me mm-hmm, that's yeah. that's what i'm saying kind mm-hmm. of thing so i feel that there's a selfishness there because you're not you're not considering the other person or how it's going to affect things there's no follow through so there's no kind of like yeah i just think it, i think it's um I think that that, but then also as well though, you can't blame people because that's what we're shown time and time and time again in every story, every film, you know, you have to just tell that person because it's bubbling up inside and you just have to expect, you know what I mean? And, and it's just like, it's a fairy tale. It's, 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 it's movie movie stuff Mm. at the end of the day. Because I've never told anyone that I like them in that way. I've never sat on it and said, oh, I like you. So I've never even experienced it because out of the fear of rejection. But also then it's then what about the person who is feeling, because I feel, what about the person who's actually feeling those feelings and then suppressing and it could damage, because it is, there is a thing about holding into feeling, not dealing with stuff and not getting it off your chest because people go to therapy for these type of things. So then if it's just like, I genuinely love this person, what, where's the self-care for the person feeling those feelings as well? I think that there are options like therapy and there are options like, you know, do you know what I mean? Other people. I, I honestly do think that. I, I agree. Actually, I actually really agree with Antinana. I think love is a choice, actually. Do you know what I mean? And I think that you go in and out of it and you have to work at it. Do you know what I mean? So that means it's not a constant. Do you see what I mean? Kind of thing. So therefore you can switch. You can. People, we're socialised to think that we can't. 
you know what I mean? We're socialized to think that that emotion is so strong and so powerful that we just have to go with it. And it kind of is very, can be very toxic that way. Do you know what I mean? And I think that, that we, we, we've normalized that toxic behavior, to be honest. Any comments? Yes. Um, so da, 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 I'll just go through. There's a few, but like, uh, hold on one second. Sorry, my mouse. So Roland is saying, uh, I think rejection is her hesitation. She needs to accept the friendship as it is, like Auntie Nana said. However, you may need to say how you feel to the person so that you can at least explore what it is about the person that you want. He also goes on to say to, uh, that closed mouths, closed mouths don't get fed. Speak your mind and the rest will follow. Mm. Not sure about that. And Roland <laughs> says, um, <laughs> very true about it being selfish. But the funny thing, Auntie Shadow, is that even though it's selfish, they may feel, feel like it's better for the other person to reveal it. That's a big assumption. <laughs> but yeah. I think, <laughs> shall, I, shall I do a summary of the internet one? because I can't find the actual letter that I read. Do we have time? I can save it for next week. Well, Auntie Barrow, have we got time for another dilemma? Not really. Let's save it for next week. I'll save it for next week. Okie dokie. So let's go black in the day. Oh, and it's it's mine, funnily enough. So my black in the day was, do you remember your very first best friend? Oh, yeah. Very first, very first, very first. Um, oh, no, to shadow, you said yes. Oh, okay. So my first best friend I can remember it was a little girl called Lucy. And I believe that we lived in a farm. This is when I was with foster parents. And we had like, I swear she lived next door to me or down the lane. Down the lane, you know. <laughs> but yeah, she literally down the lane. And I believe... I think we were inseparable and I think, but I, I think I'm talking about three, four. And um, I used to do, what do you call it? Majorettes with her, okay. I think. I remember doing that and I remember being at the front and wanting her to be at the front with me. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's like from three to five. But yeah, we, we used to play together a lot, but that's all I remember, yeah. Auntie <laughs> Nano. My first best friend. I really, I can't think. First best friend, first best friend. The thing that popped into my head, so I'll go with it, because that's what came up, was a bit sad, was my imaginary friend, Mr. Gigawoggy. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Gigawoggy. I think, I feel like he was my, yeah, he was my first best friend, because that's the person that I spoke to the most, um, I would go to the, we, we have like an upstairs toilet and downstairs with the bathroom and I would go into the middle floor toilet and close the door and that's where I could see him and I'd just sit on the toilet and just chat to Mr. Gugaboggy and he would tell me, he would tell me things that were going on in the area like, you know, this woman went to the shop, like we would just have conversations, talk about my dolls, we just talk about stuff. So I think he was probably my first best friend. So maybe from four years old until he died 
to me, like, well, mm. he's imaginary, isn't it? So when I could no longer speak to him, and that was probably about seven, eight, when it, it was like Mr. Gigawoggy has gone now. So yeah, he was he was my he was my best friend. I looked forward to the time when I'd be left alone to chat to him, and nobody would be like, "Who are you talking to?" And I, and if they did ask, I would say, "I'm speaking to Mr. Gigawoggy," because everybody knew that. You know, oh wow! Okay. <laughs> That's actually very cute. That's very very cute. Also, I'd be scared, but very cute. <laughs> um, my the best one that I remember. I don't think she was my first. But she's the one I remember significantly. Um, I went to school in Wimbledon, and um, there's a girl called Gudrun. Um, and I don't know how her parents and my mum became friends or acquaintances. I remember staying at hers a lot, partly because my mum worked a lot. Um, and yeah, so they were very, very, very middle class or upper class white folk and well-to-do, lived in a good part of Wimbledon. And I just, through being in their space, I experienced some things that possibly being from the South London estate that I was from, I might not have been privy to. Um, I just remember, I have vague memories. <laughs> I have vague memories. I know we went to the opera a couple of times. Her dad sang in a, in a choir. Um, and I remember her having to ask for, my mummy can have a biscuit. And I was thinking in my house, there's no asking for biscuits, you just go and get. So it was very, the stereotype in my family, in white families, this is how this is done. And in black families, this is how this is done. So I could definitely, if I was a comedian, have those stories for days. Um, I remember what the one time she stayed at mine and then she had to get taken home because she was crying. She wanted, she missed her mum. And I remember being so annoyed because I was like, really? Like, <laughs> I always stay at yours and you couldn't stay at mine for one night. Um, so that annoys me, but she, yeah, she was my best friend for a while. It's just very, I always reflect back on, and actually her mum and my mum are still friends now, which is, I don't talk yeah. to her, not because of nothing, but I, we grew up, definitely, definitely grew apart. But um, my mum and her are still really good friends and she, her mum will come and visit. They live out in the countryside, her mum will come and visit every so often. My mum will go say there once in a while. Um, but it's just the fact that it's just something, it's just interesting, the, the bits that have created formed who I am today. And it's very funny. I laugh, it's quite ironic, I think. Anyway, and that's it. Mr. Gigawaki was a ghost. Um, that's what someone yeah. said in the um, no, he was. said in the comments. I really no, he was. Say that. Auntie, yeah. Auntie Nana's first boyfriend was a duppy. That's what I was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was laughing. <laughs> that's what Roland said that. <laughs> Oh, Roland. No, he, he probably was. No, he was a ghost. He was a ghost. I can see him. Yeah. So. The, fa the fact that you had conversations about what was going on in the area, you were four. Mr. Gigiwaki was a ghost. He was. He yeah. was there. But I, I firmly believe when you're a, a kid, you're, you're in more in tune to certain things. And he was a ghost. He would just come to check on you and make sure he was all right. Yeah. He's, probably a, he's probably an ancestor of yours. Mm. That's what it was. It was, um, um, he was white. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe. he still could be. I mean, <laughs> you know, colour doesn't... That's true. I think once you go into um, atoms and stuff and molecules, like, so yes. however your colour base is doesn't really mean yeah. much to the inside stuff. So he, yeah. he probably he probably was. I don't remember him speaking too much on family things. It was really outwardly or my toys. But he probably was a ghost. I wish he I could a, remember more of a, our conversations yeah. or wrote them down. Like, you know something 
So my, my best friends, um, I had two in primary school. One was called Maxine, and the other, or Maxie, as I used to call her. Another one was Natasha. Natasha Smart, full name out there. Hi, Natasha, if you ever watch. Um, so we were like the, the black girl clique. Were, I mean, my school was pretty multicultural in my primary school, to be honest with you. But I just remember Natasha's mum was like the coolest person I ever thought. Because like, she looked like the woman from, um, you know, in Michael Jackson's Thriller, the girl. She oh, was a girlfriend. To me, yeah. that's what Natasha's mom looked like. And I just felt oh. like her, and her like, I just found their whole family really cool because they were young and hip. And like, to me, my mom was like old West Indian. Just, my mom's not an old West Indian. In hindsight, she had me yeah. at 25. But you know, like when you're young, it's just like, that person's parents are way more cooler. And like, yeah, the fact that that's really cool. And my mum used to have me, I, I went to a primary school and you didn't have to wear uniform. And until I was in like the third or fourth year, my mum used to dress me like I had a uniform. So I had like, <laughs> sweat out. I had like a pinafore and all types of things. Yeah, because for her it's like, yes, yeah, easier to wash. I don't have to change clothes every day. But it's just, and I, and I get that as a parent now, but it's just like, to me, Natasha was really cool because she just used to come in all the latest patches, jeans and all that stuff. And yeah. <laughs> Natasha Smart, big up to you. I saw her recently and I was like, oh my God, Natasha. So yeah, it was just great. We used to play Still Pan together and stuff like that. So she was great. Full name. You know that when you're in primary school, you use everyone's full name. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And if you see them, you still use their full name. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's go into Smart Pan Glad. Mm-hmm. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Go first. <coughs> um, so I wrote it down because I knew I always forget. So maybe I won't go first. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else want to go first? Um, mine's easy. Um, this week I'm still sad about Brianna Taylor. I don't know what's going on, but they need to sort it the hell out. Um, I'm nothing that I'm mad about really, um, and I'm glad for watching Brandy versus Monica. It was great kind of thing. It was definitely a good time. Thank you for all the people that joined us. It was great. And BossCon, uh, and which I mentioned before, um, hearing Tamika Maori speak um, on her journey so far and where she thinks the Black movement is going kind of thing, which is really cool. So got mine now. So my sad, I'm sad about Chadwick Boseman. Um, because mm. I think that's a great loss to everybody. Yes, um, I'm glad that his, um, his, he, he is being honoured in such a beautiful way and the legacy that he's left us and the stunning performances that we have to look back on. Um, and I am mad that cancer still sucks. Yep. Big time. Auntie Nana. Yeah. Um, yeah, similarly sad. Just sad at all the losses. There's just been so, so many people passing on and as much as I know spirit lives on, like firmly know that, it's just within our lifetime here, while we're still dwelling here, it does feel like there's so, there's so many losses, there's so many beautiful people that are, are passing on. Um, nothing has really made me mad this week that I've seen, um, really. Uh, and I'm just super glad, like yesterday was so much fun. Like, so yeah, I just woke up today after the five hours of sleep, just like, that's really, really fun. And I'm just, 
overjoyed there's something and i've said it to you guys there's something in me that's like this is what we're creating is really special and i just i just woke up with that same sense again like what we're creating is really special it's gonna go somewhere so yeah i'm just really glad for that i'm glad for my sister oh glad for you you. right back at you um okay so i'm sad because it's a yeah i was sad because i watched prince um, concert the other day and I was like I really really <laughs> loved Prince um, and again it's in all this loss because I was obviously sad about Chadwick and I got mad at it was a little bit of sad mad of because um, I in in the wake of uh, Chadwick's passing I was called a lot to speak on radio and on TV about it and I had a con- it's just a moment of um, conflict because it started to the last person I spoke to I won't say who it then started to feel like a business of things and it then it lost its meaning. And I was a bit sad and mad at myself for saying yes to the final one because Sunday was the day where I spoke to, not Sunday, sorry, Saturday was the day when I spoke to a few outlets and it was a genuine kind of outpouring and I was happy to say what I had to say. And I was actually quite, not proud isn't the word, but I was slightly touched that I was considered someone worth speaking to about this and in the fabric of all the grand scheme of things, like, okay, wow. Um, but then the last person I spoke to she, because, and I know the job because I've been a producer for these shows before. Um, I know that you have to get the person on the phone, you have to get their thoughts, and then you have to make sure they're viable and put them on to speak. But the way she did it's like, oh, it was so sad, wasn't it? Oh, it was really sad. And then, do you think it was sad? And all the, you know, people calling, saying he's saying, rest in peace, King. What do you think that means? And I, my mood immediately switched and I became difficult. And I, not difficult, but I became cold to her response. And I was like, yep, exactly. And then when the person, was speaking to me, I was already, I had already checked out and said, I'm not going to do this again. And I felt sad and mad that I'd said yes to that because I then, I gave full answers, but I felt like now I'm a performing, I'm performing this and this is, grief is real and I'm actually genuinely upset about this and it does mean something. And then when you see that, it's just, it just becomes, it's just the, the whole polit- politicization of something that even in grief, I have to think about race and representation yeah. and it just stressed me out. So it made me sad and mad. But then, on a whole, this month has been tough, I think personally for me, and I've been so, so many moments of gladness. I've been glad that I've recognized the moments of gladness that reinforced the good stuff that I'm a part of and I'm involved in. Um, and I'm also very superficially glad that my sky got fixed because my mum came to stay when we got our sky fixed. I stopped using it. And the guy came in with a mask and he put shoe covers on. I was like, thank you for that, sir. Cause I, think I actually appreciate that. He put shoe covers on. That made me really, really, really glad. And I made an apple layered crumble cake the other day. Ah! It was, I'm just very glad it was very, very fantastic. <laughs> now you need to share this stuff. Nah, you see? <laughs> I've been asking Auntie AK to bake again for like, I don't even know how long. Yeah. And I, I swear I mentioned this particular cake. Now you're going to come on here today and talk about you made a cake and you haven't shared it with your sisters. Libby's. I'm mad that Libby's. Libby's. Libby's doesn't recognise the fact that I practised doing the cake means that maybe I can do it again with confidence. Okay, next time, please. <laughs> oh, you, you better do it this week for your goddaughter's <laughs> birthday. That's all I've got to say. Set a promise. Isn't it? The declaration of... Um, that's it. And <laughs> before we go. Oh, sorry, me. <laughs> before we go, guys, <laughs> pay attention. Um, <laughs> my unpopular opinion. So <laughs> I don't even know. I think, well, yes, it is my opinion. And it's something that I like to do that a lot of people don't like to do. That I'm, yeah. And it's a weird one. I actually find it very relaxing 
to watch people don't, no, no, I'm not listening. Like, I, yeah. I think it's just the best thing ever. And it's the only thing that can actually hold my attention for hours. Like, I don't know where the time goes. And, like, I, I was thinking about why do I like this so much? But I get a lot of... <laughs> I get a lot of satisfaction from the the dirt being expelled from the skin. I, I just, I think it's like, yeah, I really like it. I really, like, I really like it a lot. Okay. Yeah. I didn't hear So you watched that Channel 5 programme, The Spot Woman. Well, the Pimple Popper. So yeah. the thing is, she really focuses on, like, large ones that sometimes have water bits <laughs> in it kind of thing which i'm not really too keen on those but like the general kind of like hard ones and stuff even when they get them in the ears like all over the face like people i think it's just amazing and the transformation like how you can help someone who's you know suffering from acne and they watch their confidence like after they've gone through the pro it's just like the whole thing's amazing and there's this one particular woman that um that I watch and she's just so she's got the most soothing voice ever and she just goes through it. I love her technique. She does things on black skin as well. Like it's just so great. I love it. I actually love it. Yeah. I'm just gonna let you know now that bit I'm not I'm not gonna be able to edit I didn't hear I didn't hear one word of it. I had you on mute the whole time. I'm not gonna be able to edit that bit and <laughs> you're gonna have to record that separately, upload it yourself. I cannot <laughs> Because you know what? You I can't do, discriminate I, against my videos. This is going to make me physically throw up on my laptop. So I can't <laughs> actually. This is selfish offloading. You're talking about selfish offloading. That's what you, selfish offloading. <laughs> I was just performing a task. <laughs> that, that was very. Nicola in the comments says, oh, Auntie Charlotte, I love it too. Thank you, Nicola. There's only a few of us. The thing Easy. is, I met another woman the other day and she said it too. And I get it. I get it. I get it on myself though. Oh like my I don't. God. I don't want to. Like I, I used to perform mini operations, and I get. I, I get the satisfaction <laughs> yeah. of like, the expelling of the dirt. Like when you get a head and the dirt comes out. Yeah. But, but on myself though, I don't want to watch. You really went into that, like how Auntie AK goes into ice. That's how you yeah. felt about that. You really no, no, please, did. Like, don't put my ice in that space. Please. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't don't do that. So I'm going to have memories when I'm eating ice and I'm going to... Oh, that might stop you. No, it won't stop me. It but might. Can no, you imagine a big pop? Oh, and the thing is, you've got to go... You've got to go... You've got to kind of push a wall and then go under. That's the trick to go under. Like, I don't mind it on my top, but I just... Listen, oh, anyway. Oh. Why, though? I don't understand. What's the big deal? If somebody... Anyway, look, we don't have to talk about this. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you, guys. Any more comments in general before we have to go? Um... <laughs> Wow. So Nicholas Artson, have I seen Earwax ones too? Oh, yes, come on, get out. Nicola. <laughs> Nicola will ban you. <laughs> and I do like ingrown hairs, hairs too, Nicola. And Ray says she watches it on, um, or he or she says watches it on YouTube. YouTube too. Good to fall asleep too. Yes, it is. But what? I can't sleep. That's the thing. I can't actually sleep because I get so in, I'm so in it that I have to watch it. So it's difficult for me to fall asleep too. But wow. it is... A good like okay, mind blank. Like I don't think about anything but that. Okay, no. All right. Mm. Thank you. I'm so disturbed right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel right. very mobulated. Wow. Okay, guys. Thank you <laughs> so much, everybody. I actually regret 
this week. <laughs> <laughs> I regret assigning what I, I thought. No. All right. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> don't, we do the, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. There we go. We're bad girls out here. Right, we did it. We did it. <laughs> okay. It's after dark. Yeah, yeah. Comments. We'll be back with that soon. We've got to work out a date. Uh, thank yeah. you, guys. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Peace. Bye. Bye. There we go.